Exodus 20, verse 8, and would you read aloud with me? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now I want to spend the next half hour or so talking about all the things you're not supposed to do on the Sabbath. No, that is actually not what I want to do. That would be an interesting sermon, would it not? I think what I would rather spend the time looking at is the heart of God in the gift that He's trying to give us called the Sabbath. I would like for us to consider and observe how we are packing too much into our already crowded lives and why we do it and what the Lord wants to give us instead. Here's the sentence I'd like for you to remember. You can write this down. Sabbath is a gift that keeps us free. Sabbath is a gift that keeps us free. I want us to look at this idea that Sabbath comes out of the heart of God for us. Sabbath is a gift. You know, when, when it comes to our lives, the Bible teaches us that more and more does not always equal most. Meaning just having more doesn't mean that it's better. We are very tuned to quantity, the idea of quantity in our, our modern kind of framework, our consumer uh, idea about lives and, and all the things that we can do and have. But the, the Sabbath day is here to give you the opportunity to make the most out of the life that God has given you in Christ by actually doing less and reaching for less and being able to focus more on more profound and simple things in a very complicated life. It brings a kind of quality to an overstuffed, overhurried, overstressed, quantity out of control type of modern thought process about life. You know, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and, and brought two tablets, brought the Ten Commandments, he wasn't bringing those down from God to ruin our day. Uh, there, there are people, when they think of the Ten Commandments, they think, of course, of that's the rules of do's and don'ts, and, and you know, you can't reduce religion to a set of rules, so why even listen to that kind of thing? It has kind of a negative connotation. And, and sure enough, the law of God is the the written down, chiseled in stone, perfect reflection of the moral perfections of God Almighty. And sure enough, the, the law of God it is not something that we in and of ourselves can perform. We're going to fail because it is a mirror of the perfections of God. This is why the scriptures teach that that we look into the law and we're crushed realizing that God is holy and we're not. And the law brings us to Jesus and the law helps us see that 
we need a Savior. But you know the other reason God sent the law down from that mountain, don't you? Because He loves you. He loves me. He's saying, though you can't perfectly perform this, this is the way of freedom. This is the way of blessing. And you know, I mean, we kind of get this. Life goes better when we don't steal. Life goes better when we don't commit adultery. Life goes better when we don't talk about people behind their back. Life bear false witness. Life goes better when we don't covet. We, We get that. Well, let me tell you something. Life goes a lot better when we accept this gift from God called rest that He sent down as the fourth commandment for you and for I to have. It is, the Sabbath is a gift, a blessing. The word Sabbath, Shabbat, in Hebrew, literally means rest. Rest. How many of you here today would say that you are in need of some rest? I mean, doesn't just the word rest just sound like cool water to parched throats? Now, I want to read two quotes that come from a very unusual source. And I want you to kind of sit back and listen to these quotes. Then I want to reveal to you the strange place that they come from. They're very interesting. Here's the first one, and I'll reveal who said it in a moment as well. Quote, I believe that there has, been, there has to be a way to regularly impose some thoughtfulness or at least some calm into modern life, or at least my version of modern life. This person, as he goes on and writes, is talking about how out-of-control, quantity-oriented his life is. So he begins to practice a weekly Sabbath, an unplugging for an entire day. He goes on to say, as he practices this Sabbath, suddenly I had time to think, and there was distance from normal demands. I got to stop. I felt connected to myself rather than my computer. Okay, that's the first quote. The second one is this, quote, What's going on now is insane. Living a good life requires a kind of balance, a bit of quiet. There are questions about the limits of the brain and the body. Who, he then asked, who would say that you don't need time to think, to reflect, to be successful and productive. Now, what's fascinating about these quotes is they are not spoken from Christians. These are atheists. They're a part of a new movement called the Secular Sabbath Movement. These are, these are people who are, are very skeptical about religion. But, you know... We believe that God's laws are not only a reflection of the reality of who He is, they are written on our hearts. Somebody out there began to think, this is crazy. The way I'm living, shouldn't there be some margin? Shouldn't there be some ability to unplug? And hence the secular Sabbath movement has been born. Their names, the first guy's name, if you want to Google him, is Mark Bittman. He actually is a, the star of a cooking show as well. He wrote an article in the New York Times called, I Need a Virtual Break. No, really. The second one is a guy named David Levy, L-E-V-Y, who is a professor at the University of Washington uh, out in Washington State. 
And he teaches, and this actually comes from a course that he teaches. He's in the, from, in the School of Information, kind of the computer science school out there. The, the course is called Information and Contemplation. That there's got to be some kind of a, a, a human side, an unplugged side, a, a contemplative side. Why have these people realized that many of us have not? They even call it a Sabbath. I tell you what they've realized is they realize Shabbat is a gift. God says in Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day. Don't let anyone take it away from you. Keep it set apart. That's what the word holy is. Set apart unto God because God, this is His day, but also set apart from the other days. Let there be a set-apartness. Let there be a Shabbat. Now, the word Sabbath, I want to give you a few more descriptives of the word in Hebrew. It is the word Shabbat. And I want, as I read this, just kind of wrap your mind around these words and, and, and think about how much you need these words in your life, okay? Shabbat, it means various things. It means to cease. Just stop. It means, secondly, to rest. It means to put something down. It means to get rid of something. It means to become still. Don't you have a need? I do. To be still. Stop. Put some things down. Get rid of some things. This quantitative life Overhurried, overstuffed is out of control, and God came, or Moses came down from that mountain with the fourth commandment, and it is a gift from God, the gift of rest. Now, I do realize that you hear the word Sabbath, and that has a very negative connotation for lots of people because there are people who think of the Sabbath and they think of some kind of long, heavy list of don'ts. They think of somebody maybe they've encountered in their past that some spiritually tyrannical person that is just determined to push down stuff on them and steal their joy and steal their freedom in the gospel. Jesus certainly understood exactly that. Because by the time his day came around in Judaism, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had taken this beautiful gift of the fourth commandment and had just added, you ready for this, 39 categories of what illegal work was all about. And that didn't include the sub hundreds of subcategories and the hundreds of bit points. I mean, to try to keep the Sabbath was just an incredible burden. At that time, it's not what God brought down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. All these laws and rules that the Pharisees brought were not written in the Scripture. Jesus Christ was in flagrant violation all over the Gospels of these rules. You're letting your, your disciples, they're eating out on the Sabbath. They're picking grain. That's harvesting in our... I mean, talking about they're just grabbing a few heads of grain. They're harvesting. Then they're, you know, getting the husk off the grain. That's threshing or, or processing and then they're eating. I mean, how can you let your... He was in flagrant violation. 
of this, this, this thing that the Sabbath had become. And I think sometimes we go, yeah, yeah, we're into Jesus, not that Old Testament stuff. That stuff just feels so restrictive and that stuff feels so oppressive to me. That's the way you feel. There's a good chance you're missing the gift of Shabbat. You see, Moses came down with that fourth commandment to be a blessing and a gift of rest to you. A few of the ridiculous examples of the, the um, Pharisees, you could, for instance, sow one thread on the Sabbath, but if you sowed a second one, it was work. You could write one letter of the Hebrew alphabet on the Sabbath, but if you wrote a second one, it was work. Don't even think about taking a walk. Like getting out in God's nature, like clearing your head, praying, talking, you know, whatever. Don't even think about it because you're going to break the Sabbath. If you do go out and walk, there was a certain length, a certain uh, distance in one direction that you had to stay under. So you better get a tape measure out if you're going to take a walk and everything has to be just so. And it just became a tremendous burden of do's and don'ts. And I know that's where a lot of people are on the Sabbath. I'm going to tell you, the Sabbath was given to relieve burdens, not to be a burden. Let me say that again. The Sabbath was given to relieve burdens. It's the burden of the overworked, overstuffed, overhurried, modern for us life. It is the gift of ceasing, of laying down and resting. Do you realize that Jesus himself observed the Sabbath and loved it? You read the Gospels and all this controversy about the Sabbath is never about whether the Sabbath is something that Jesus that wasn't important to Jesus Christ. It's all about the all the extra rules that have been thrown on top of the real Sabbath that Jesus had no intention of keeping. In other words, Jesus Christ, the, the Son of God, loved the Sabbath, needed the Sabbath. You know, that's the, the same Jesus who went out and prayed to His heavenly Father, the same Jesus who grew in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man, the same Jesus who laid by and by His glory. And we don't know exactly what all that means, but we know that Jesus grew, Jesus prayed, Jesus needed rest, Jesus got tired. And He loved the Sabbath day. In fact, Jesus gave this principle about the Sabbath it was right after, and we're going to read the text, it was right after they had just criticized him yet again, he said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Let me say that again. The Sabbath, Jesus said, is good. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, meaning it was a gift made for the blessing of man. The man wasn't made to fit into the Sabbath as a heavy burden. The Sabbath is a gift. Now, before we go any further, I think we need to answer a question that is on the minds of some people. Because we are Presbyterians, it is on the mind of some Presbyterians, and it simply is this. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Is the New Testament Lord's Day equal to the Old Testament Sabbath? Because that's where a lot of people say, we don't have to worry about Sabbath anymore. we got Jesus now. 
we're in this kind of church age thing now. Is there still a Sabbath? Um, in Christianity, you do notice what day we worship on, right? What day is this? Sunday, thank you. I knew what day it was, by the way. It's Sunday. Is that the last day of the week or the first day of the week? That's the first day. I know we have weekends, and I know Sunday's like the last day of the weekend because we work on Monday. This is the first day of the week, and Christians began to worship Jesus on the first day of the week rather than the Sabbath. Six days the Lord worked, and on the seventh day, which is Saturday, he rested. So in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was always on Saturday. The synagogues, all this stuff was always happening on Saturday. In the New Testament, it is the Lord's Day in commemoration of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on what day? Easter Sunday. We have new life in Jesus. We belong to Him. We will feed on His grace. We will be empowered by Him and worship on His day. In fact, the Sunday is called the Lord's Day. John says, I was in prayer on the Lord's Day. I was caught up in prayer on the Lord's Day. So is the Lord's Day uh, a a version, a New Testament version of the Old Testament Sabbath? Now look, Jesus declared himself, and we'll read it in a moment. He said, I am, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I am the king of rest. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So I don't think you can take the person who says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, and disassociate the Sabbath from him. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. But there is no specific verse in the New Testament that says the Lord's Day is the exact same thing as the Old Testament Sabbath. Are you following me? Here's the question. Has the Lord of the Sabbath withdrawn the gift of the Sabbath principle in the fourth commandment? Do we really have nine commandments now that Jesus has come? Or is what Moses brought from God down to give the people still what God wants to give you, Shabbat? Did the Lord of the Sabbath withdraw physical rest from the Sabbath? Or is this just like a spiritual thing now? I believe it is important to link the Lord's Day with the Sabbath command out of the sense of the ongoing, original, liberating purpose of the Sabbath principle as given in the fourth commandment. Shabbat is still the same gift that God insists that you have. Commands you to have. I would posit to you that we need rest more in our modern lives in some ways than we did as ancient people in less complicated lives. So, how can we live the Sabbath? Remember the the two things. The Sabbath is a gift that keeps you free. We'll, We'll get to keep you free in a moment. But let's just spend a moment of time to talk about how you can grab a hold of the fourth commandment under the Lord of the Sabbath, under the grace of Jesus Christ, and, and, and begin to realize the Shabbat, the rest of God. Three things I want you to think of. Because we could do a whole list, right? We could do that 139-category list. We're not going to do that. I'm going to give you three things and say, here's a grid. I want you to consider lining up Sundays with these three things. First of all, we need to slow down 
Secondly, we need to look up. And thirdly, we need to give out. We need to slow down, we need to look up, and we need to give out. The, the first thing is the slowing down. And I want you to know, 21st century American people, it is okay to rest. I feel guilty when I rest. God wants you to rest. He commands you to rest. I want you to go back to Exodus 20, and I want us to look at the rationale for the fourth commandment. It says, you know, don't do any work, set apart this day, your children, your maidservants, your manservants, your animals, your visitors. I mean, it's a big list, is it not? And then you get down to verse 11 of Exodus 20, if you'll look there, and it's in the bulletin too. And here's the reason for the Sabbath. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The rationale is God rested, you get to rest. I feel guilty when I rest. Don't. God rested, you get to rest. And so the principle is God has shown us what Sabbath looks like. Sabbath is literally built into creation. It's, it's the normal gift. It's the rhythm of one in seven that God wants us to have. God rested. Now, when God rested, was he tired? No. No. We'll talk about why God, what, what that rest of God was in a minute. But um, God is saying, I rest, rested. I ceased from my labors, and I said, it's very good. You cease from your labor. You put it down. Take a break. Take a deep breath. Enjoy the rest. In so many ways, we tend to be into quantity when it comes to our lives. I mean, think about how, without even really thinking about it, we just tend to max out everything. I mean, it's like, you know, if we can do it, we're going to do it. If we can have it, Maybe we're going to have it. Because, I mean, what kind of a life would it be without this adventure? What kind of a life would it be if I couldn't get what I wanted? I mean, what kind of a life would it be for, my, for Precious, my children, if I didn't make sure they were well-rounded to do every single thing that was available? You see what I'm saying? These are all great things. It's maddening. Like no other period in history. Welcome to modern life. It's harder to be a Christian now in some way than ever before. We just kind of max out our lives. And, and we somewhere down deep, we think the more that we have, the more we can experience, the more we can do, the happier we will be. Right? There is a law of diminishing returns on incessant busyness and consumeristic behavior where it's not all equally precious anymore. And it's not all equally fun. It's not all equally meaningful. And I myself have thought different times, this is getting old. This is getting old. God isn't down on quantity. God is a God of great generosity and bounty. God is a God of lavish generosity, but He is really into quality and meaning. The Sabbath principle of rest is about tending to the quality 
of our lives in a way that they are richer, more meaningful, more tuned to Him, His values, His love, His grace. Otherwise, we all know what happens. We're all modern people. It all starts blurring together, doesn't it? It blurs together in this ceaseless bustle and noise, and it just wears us out. It just saps us of our vitality when there's no ceasing, no putting anything down. It saps us of our perspective. These last few weeks of just getting away, y'all better be careful. I got perspective now. It saps us of our joy. And you know, basically creation itself says that we cannot have the quality that God wants for us if we don't rest and have Shabbat that He is giving us. And He is trying to ensure that we take through the fourth commandment. Don't you need rest? The second thing is we don't just need to slow down. We need to look up. We need to look up. The Sabbath is about worship. Now, there's two places that the Ten Commandments are given in the Old Testament. Do you know them? One is Exodus 20. We read out of that. Maybe you'll be on a game show one time, and they'll say, uh, for $10,000, where are the Ten Commandments given in the Bible? And you're going to say, Exodus 20. I remember reading in the bulletin one day. But then if you really know your Bible, you'll just kind of throw in a little extra on the game show. You'll say, and Deuteronomy 5 is the second place. And Deuteronomy 5 is exactly like Exodus 20 with an important difference on the fourth commandment. You know what it is? Remember the rationale for the fourth commandment for resting in the Sabbath day is because God rested and you can rest? That's not at all mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 5 in verse 15. Y'all want to hear the rationale for the Sabbath from Deuteronomy 5.15? Remember... Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. None of this is mentioned in Exodus. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I need a God who has a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He brought you out. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So what is the Sabbath principle in Deuteronomy 5? It's not God rested so you rest. It's not God the Creator, it's God the Redeemer. God redeemed you, so you celebrate it. Worship. Focus on grace. Keep that time set apart to remember that with a, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God brought you through. And we will set apart the Lord's day. We Right here with one another in the presence of God. God calling for this meeting in the scriptures. God dictating in broad terms what needs to happen here. And we together in community and under the word of God and in the inhabiting of his praises and the prayers, we will receive something and probably have already today that we just wouldn't receive alone. I cannot tell you the number of times in church. Now, I'm the preacher. And I'm talking about just even the prayer that Devin was praying earlier today. I was just struck with the notion, I'm glad I'm here. And I know I'm the preacher, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm a sinner with my sinner friends. And we're with, we're with Jesus Christ 
today. We're going to receive something. We're receiving something. I can't tell you the number of times I walked out of those doors and I thought, thank you, God. I, I wouldn't have even known what, to, what I needed. But we celebrated the redemption of Jesus Christ and with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, how He saved us from our sin, saved us from damnation, saving us from ourselves and sending us out. We will celebrate grace, emancipation, resurrection, and worship changes our perspective. Isn't it great? It changes our perspective. So we need to slow down. God rested, you rest. We need to look up. God redeemed you. So keep that day and keep that focus of worship and redemption. Thirdly, we need to give out. Acts of love and mercy on the Sabbath are wonderful. Jesus repeatedly was ministering to people on the Sabbath, much to the frustration of the Pharisees. He was way outside the bounds of those 39 categories and all the subcategories therein. And the one example I'll read to you is from Matthew 12, 8 through 14. If you want to turn there, where Jesus said, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going from that place, he went into their synagogue, and there was a man with a shriveled hand, a de- you know, deformed hand. And looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, that's what they did on the Sabbath, They asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Answer is no. The man wants to be healed, he can come back tomorrow. Jesus said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? That's in the Old Testament. If your ox falls in the ditch, even on the Sabbath, you can pull your ox out of the ditch. Jesus goes on to ask in verse 12, how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out, and they plotted how they might kill Jesus. That's what they were doing on the Sabbath. Yeah, so what are the three things? Hey, you want to seize this rest? You want to, like, cease, lay it down, know how to inhabit the Sabbath? I'm not going to give you the 40 things. I'm going to tell you this. It's time to rest, it's time to worship, and it's time to just do good and show love and mercy to other people. Maybe we start in our homes with that. Sabbath is a gift. But lastly, remember the second part of that? A gift that keeps us free. I want to look at that that keeps us free part because this is the, the, the question. So why don't we jump all over the Sabbath? So if this is a gift, why don't we do it? I want to go back to Deuteronomy 5. You know that second place where the Ten Commandments are? To the very same verse. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. You worked all the time. Slaves never got a day off. You were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of that slavery with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, therefore the Lord has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. I love what Tim Keller says that is very helpful here. He says basically God ties the Sabbath to freedom from slavery. Anyone who overworks and overdoes in their life is really a slave. 
Anyone who cannot rest is really a slave. A slave to the need for success. A slave to a materialistic culture. A slave to an exploitative employer. A slave to parental expectations. Or some or all of the above. Translated, we would rather be slaves than free if we can remain slaves on our terms. We would rather not have to choose and be slaves and worn out and sapped and joy depleted and perspective depleted. We would rather be okay in the eyes of other people than make hard choices. We'd rather be okay in the eyes of our employment than pray, and it may take a long time. I'm not trying to tell you quit your job if it ever is on so I'm not telling you that. I'm not even telling you what to quit here, okay? If you've got things, ideas, you think I'm judging you about something in particular, that's kind of your problem, not mine. If you want to confess anything else after church, I'll be happy to meet with you. But um, look, you know, we want to be okay in the eyes of our kids. You know, everybody else's kids do this. We'd rather be okay then be free. That's something we need to consider. Are we missing Shabbat because we'd rather be okay than free? I brought you out of slavery. Therefore, cease. Rest. You don't have to work every day anymore. Could it be that we think that we can control our lives more effectively than God? Could it be that in an unexamined life, we'd rather be exhausted and never say no than to be replenished and say yes to Shabbat? I love Jesus' words in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle and you of heart, and you will find rest for your weary souls. So why did God rest after six days? Was it because he was tired? No, God doesn't get tired. He rested because he had finished the work says that God looked at all he had made and he said it is very good. He was satisfied. It was satisfied. It was perfect. It was finished. And you know something? Jesus said the same words from the cross, did he not? And when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to our relationship with God, Jesus hanging on a cross said it is satisfied. It is finished. You can rest. You can have it. It is done. And so there's a sense that there is a a completion, a satisfaction that comes from the Sabbath. You know, uh, that song we sang earlier, She Must and Shall Go Free. First time I heard that, I was so impressed with these words. Jesus' blood gives solid rest. I'm like, solid rest? That's so cool. I don't even know what that is. 
It is finished. You're accepted. Cease striving. Know that I'm God. Experience the wonder of the rest of the gospel. Walk with me. Come away with me for a little while. Get some physical rest along with that soul rest. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of rest. And the ultimate, deepest fulfillment of the Sabbath Sabbath is the rest of the gospel and anything else. If you ever discuss the Sabbath, anything else than this starting place, that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath is not Christian. I realize that some people take the Old Testament and go forward to try to impose the Sabbath. No, Jesus Christ has come. He is Lord of the Sabbath. We must take it from Lord of the Sabbath all the way back to understand that God still wants to give us rest, and He has in Jesus, and we can dwell in that rest. You know, uh, when you were younger, you didn't want to go to school, or maybe you want to get out of a ball practice, you had to get this thing called a doctor's written excuse. Y'all remember that? Now, there were times, I'm going to tell you, and I know my mom's watching this right now. Uh, she's one of our Internet people every, every week after her early church service. So don't listen to this, mama. Um, there were times when I was thinking, because I didn't want to go, didn't want to do it, to the tune of getting a doctor's written excuse. <laughs> Look, you feel guilty about resting? You, you, you not only have a doctor's written excuse, you have a divine written excuse. You not only have an excuse, you have a command to rest in the gospel of Jesus and to find the Sabbath rest that God still wants to give us through the fourth commandment as it is applied to the Lord's day by the Lord of the Sabbath. It's kind of a reboot of God's grace each Sabbath as well as rest. So, are you acting like a slave? That's something you need to consider today. Are you acting like a slave? Sabbath is a gift that keeps us free. That helps us say no to come out of the slavery of our fears of people, out of the slavery of our fears of performance, our fears of not having everything, whatever it is that's driving you. Sabbath is a gift that keeps us free. But will we keep Shabbat? I want to end by just reading briefly the most famous passage in all of the Bible on the Sabbath. It is Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. Just listen as we close. If you, God speaking, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and, do, and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's pray.
Lord, would you teach us Shabbat? Would you help us even now to tap into the rest that Jesus has provided in the gospel? If you've never put your trust in Christ and you'd like to, just pray. Lord, I turn away from everything that I've called Christianity and religion and put my trust in what you have done and finished Jesus on the cross. And thank you that even now you come into my life. Thank you that even now you have given me rest in my soul. Lord, there are many of us who are just turbid in our souls. Would you just sweetly lead us back to the clear, cool headwaters of grace to drink yet again? Oh Lord, would you help us to be able to find the off button of this conveyor belt that never stops? Lord, I don't even know what that looks like in everybody's life. Would you cause your people today not to walk out of here and say, I'm glad that's over, but to really ask how they could receive the gift. Would you be pleased, O oh God, to give soul rest, physical rest, emotional rest, replenishment, restoration, and perspective and joy to your people? Thank you for the fourth commandment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.